Have you ever found yourself thinking, man, the 90s were awesome. And if you're from the Chicago area, have you ever thought, oh, what I wouldn't do to get back to that point in time to go to those shows at Metro and Lounge X, Thurston's, Avalon, all those clubs back in the day as the Chicago music scene was just exploding. That's the concept behind 90 Days in the 90s, a new book from Andy Fry, uh, going back in time, soaking up all the pop culture, nostalgia, music, the scene of Chicago in the 90s. It's a fiction book focused around a record store owner named Darby. And since the holidays are basically here, it's it's that time of year. This is a perfect gift for that bibliophile on your list or the music fan on your list. It's 90 days in the 90s. You can get it on Amazon, obviously. Uh, you can also get a signed copy by going to 90daysinthe90s.com. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Do I sound okay? Uh, you sound better than about 99% of the people who I interviewed. So yes. Okay. okay. You, you probably sound better than me. So well done. Okay. Uh, you might, you must be an accomplished podcaster. <laughs> uh, Mr. Vanderbilt's been very helpful. Hey, Mike Vanderbilt is known for, for raising everybody's game. Like yes. he, he is the rising tide that lifts all boats. <laughs> and, then, and then that's not code. No. No. Okay, so my guest on Carcon Carne for this particular episode, well, by day, he's the new director of the Homewood Arts Council. By night, specifically the night of Saturday, December 10th, he is the person who put together Dedicated, a benefit for the American Diabetes Association. It's happening at Blue Island Beer Company, 13357 Old Western Avenue in Blue Island. He is Chris Castaneda. He's a returning guest. Chris, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you, James. So you're a returning guest, and we're virtual again. Sorry, next time we'll, we'll go in the car somewhere and have tacos. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll get you to Heine's Chicken soon enough. Yes, I, I've never been. Yeah, we. Well, so, my parents' house is across the street, so it's very easy. So we're here to discuss the diabetes benefit, which is dedicated to your mom, who's sadly no longer with us. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So dedicated. I t I mentioned the name dedicated to benefit for the American Diabetes Association. This is a dedication to your late mom let's talk about her let's give her her due she passed in 2019 yes El elvira b castaneda she was a nurse technician at south chicago community hospital uh she was a longtime resident of the south deering neighborhood yeah she she's uh she's you know great mom um did the best she could with uh the cards that she was dealt uh she uh she had myself and my younger brother john paul uh, who's five years younger than me. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, she, she, she grew up in a house uh, with the three of us, my dad, my brother, myself, and, and three stereo systems. Uh, sometimes not always going on at the same time, but sometimes um, if, if the, the mood was right, but uh, yeah, she, she was, uh, she was very, um, uh, you know, ha has why I picked the term dedicated. She was dedicated to her job. Um, it was a weird kind of thing when, um, 
we kind of knew that the, the window was kind of closing for her. And I just kind of had that, uh, that moment where um, you're kind of realizing your, your time is short with a parent and you just haven't asked certain questions that she had thought there'd be time for. And um, by, by 28, late 2018, uh, uh, just, uh, her, um, her conversational skills were pretty limited. Uh, she had had, she had suffered some, what they called mini strokes mm-hmm. over the, the previous years. So you'd have to repeat questions maybe two or three times to get an answer. And I realized that I never asked her why she chose nursing and, uh, for, for the years that she was working, you know, seven to seven shifts, um, sometimes six days a week. Uh, once my brother and I started grammar school, it was about, you know, maybe five days a week, unless she picked up like a, an overtime shift. Um, never, I have no memory of her ever really uh, complaining much about the job coming home. It always cracked me up when when ER started on NBC she would be home in time to watch ER and I'd be like, mom, you just left there. I mean, I, <laughs> I get that George Clooney's not at South Chicago, but you just left there. And I guess for her, it was some, some kind of like just mini escape. Um, but uh, she, uh, she could have, um, she could have gone on and uh, taken the next step, step up to become a nurse. Um, but, from talking to my dad, it, it it just seemed like uh she felt like maybe she'd be leaving behind her coworkers who maybe would see her differently as being above them. So you know, she had a lot of loyalty to her coworkers and and to her friends. And so uh I asked her one day, I said, Mom, you know, why nursing? And I asked her twice and it took her a little bit and I could kind of, I can still picture where in the house I asked her at the, at the uh, dinner table. And uh, she simply just said, I liked helping people. And that was it. And that was it for me. And like that kind of summed it up for, for me uh, as far as um, you know, what she wanted to try to, you know, do for people. Hey, that says uh, it all, doesn't it? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I'd hear stories, and and sometimes I'd be there after school t- until her shift was done um, to get home if uh, if my dad was on call elsewhere. But um, but I ne- I never saw the the crazy times there at the hospital in in the emergency room. Um, I only have uh, I have one vivid memory of of her coming home and uh, uh, crying. And my dad actually holding her in the dining room and I kind of like gave them space, but it was because um, a baby passed away in the ER. And that's the only memory I have of my mom ever coming home from work and kind of showing emotion or anything of like what the day was like. I'd hear stories about like, you know, someone just stopping by the ER because they can't afford you know, Tylenol or something like that, or they have a headache or something like that. So um, she loved what she did. And, um, you know, she, she did it for over 30 years and 
Uh, it was tough for her when she was forced to retire in 2005 because of her health. But, um, you know, she she had it. Probably the last opportunity was when uh, my dad's father um, was nearing the end of his life in 2007. Um, she got to be a nurse again. So she'd be there and she would, you know, administer the morphine to him and be at his bedside. And, and, uh, and yeah, she was there with him until he passed. And um, so, and everything was just, it was just natural to her just to do that kind of stuff. So it's just natural that you as the son put together this benefit in her honor. It's just, you're helping people. Yeah. You know, it, it um, you know, even though we, we knew the end was coming, it was still pretty rough um, to accept that it was coming. Sure. Uh, we, we really hoped, I mean, at that time in, in March of 2019, her birthday was coming up in, in April. And so we, once she had her last amputation in December of 2018, her last amputation, how many did she go through? She, uh, so she ended up losing both of her legs below the knees. So after that second one, um, at, uh, at advocate Christ in Oak Lawn, my dad was planning on retiring at the end of 2020 or just at the start of 2020. And, we kind of knew things were going to be different when the doctor said you need to change your plan sooner. And so once we kind of heard that, then instead of like kind of making plans six months out or whatever, we were kind of almost like living week to week mm -hmm. and hoping, you know, what do we want to do for mom for her birthday? You know, stuff like that. So, um, so when everything happened and, and, uh, a little, uh, uh, some time had passed, you know, I, I had had by this point, I had some experience, uh, you know, putting on some, some shows in Beverly. Uh, I, I did a benefit show at, at the hideout for, for Scott McCoy, uh, in, in 2018. And I knew I wanted to do something music related in her honor. Um, did she, did she introduce you to music? Uh, so she and my parent, uh, she, and my dad, uh, took my brother and I, uh, June second, nineteen ninety five, to go see REM first night at the Rosemont Horizon. Oh, there the, it is. Okay, the day before my eighth grade graduation, and so I remember when tickets went on sale, and my dad had a friend at um, at the Ticketmaster office at Carson Perry Scott in Cal City, while my dad worked the phone at home. Mm -hmm. We we ended up getting six tickets total, which, uh, back then was like 75% of the grocery budget with those, with those pesky, uh, $13 ticket manager service fees, uh, added on. And yeah, so, uh, she sat with me and, and I got to bring two of my friends that was in my class. And then my dad and my brother sat in the, uh, the center, uh, like 200 level area. And that was it. And we were on Mike Mills' side of the stage, and I still remember everything from that night. And uh, this was probably the last round of the Monster Tour. Is that right? This was the summer. This was uh, so Bill Berry had just gotten back in probably early May from the aneurysm. So they just restarted the tour, and um, and I just remember I have a mixtape somewhere back here. I actually 
uh, I wanted to see them again in the fall tour when they played in September at uh, then the New World Music Theater. Okay, I had it reversed because I remember they did an outdoor show. So I yeah, they, that, that came first. They played with Radiohead and yep. Patti Smith was at that show. And uh, I have a mixtape that says, uh, saddest day of my life. I didn't get to get REM tickets today because oh. my parents said, no, we already saw them. <laughs> But yeah, she was she was, you know, really great about um music with us, with with my brother and I. I obviously um we got my brother and I got a lot of our musical influence from our dad, who was a big music fan, had a very large music collection, still does. Um, you know, uh forty something years ago, he tried naming me Ringo and my mom said no. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but once I started going to concerts, she wanted to start going to concerts. So, um, she became kind of like, uh, the automatic person that was going to go to shows with us. So, um, and, and so, you know, we'd go to see, you know, cheap trick at the taste or, you know, I remember arguing with my mom, leaving, uh, the cheap trick taste show in 99 during all Vita Zen because we had to go catch the train back home i'm like we can't leave during this song she's like oh yes we can (laughs) and uh and then another memory of um rem related when they played in at the world again in 99 that was the year that rem had started selling tickets to the fan club and so i said oh i'm gonna get myself some tickets i finally got some money and i got two tickets and i figured oh i'll invite a friend and before I could do that, my mom was like, oh, great, I'll come. <laughs> and so I love it. we sat 12th row center uh, at the show. And every in-between song, she's yelling out for Michael Stipe. And I'm like, mom, he can't hear you. Oh, yes, he can. <laughs> and so, um, so at the time, I'm sure I was just like, oh, why did my mom come? But looking back at it, you know, I, I appreciate those memories. Um, mm-hmm. REM ended up being the last band that she got to see live uh, at the United Center in 2008 before oh, wow. her health started to take a turn. Um, and that was like a family meeting in itself, like debating whether or not mom should be at a stadium show with bad circulation in, in her yeah. legs and stuff like that. Um, but she got through it and she probably sweated more than the band that night, but she wanted to go. And I, I think part of it was, uh, she, she wasn't ready to kind of give up those freedoms Mm -hmm. due to her health. Um, but at at the same time, you know, she wanted to see them. So it was just like, well, we can't really say no. And she made it through it. So I'm, I'm, if anything, I'm glad she got, that was the last one that she got to do with, with my brother and I. And uh, yeah, so there's there's a lot of REM, and this explains so, yeah. this explains so much because there's an REM component to dedicated to benefit for the American Diabetes Association happening at Blue Island Beer Company on Saturday, December 10th. Explain the REM stuff you're doing. So, uh, so it was it was two parts. One, I wanted it to 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 be a, a thank you to my mom and dad. Um, I started playing guitar when I was 14. Uh, I was very shy. Uh, I didn't very often play in front of my parents. And uh, so 
with my dad, you know, around, I wanted to at least do this, uh, for him. Um, you know, I, I, I played at my mom's, uh, funeral, just kind of on the whim. Um, and I did a, uh, Jeff Tweedy golden smog song and, uh, just did it. And I'm glad I did. Um, but this was just a thank you to them. That sounds very emotional. Just hearing you say that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, it was kind of a kicker because, um, I had a a friend pass away, uh, this past year, just as we were kind of getting out of the pandemic and, uh, Jeff Tweedy happened to dedicate a song to my friend and it was the same song that I played to my mom. So that was really cosmically weird, but, Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to thank them because, uh, they were very, uh, very supportive. And, and, you know, she never had the conversation with me, you know, going through high school and then into college about, you know, why can't you be a lawyer or why can't you, why, why are you doing this music journalism stuff? Mm. Or, you know, she never called it a hobby and, and she, you know, she eventually got it. I, I think she was kind of confused at first because like you know right out of high school i I started working at a record store in cal city hegwish records and and for my dad that was my dream that was his dream job and he was a radiologist (laughs) at university of chicago but he loved the family discounts that he was now getting through his son um but you know she never questioned the the music that we listened to if anything she may have asked us to turn the volume down but she never told us to like turn it off or stop listening to that. So she was always very uh, open-minded and she let us kind of explore uh, what we were, what we were kind of getting into. So that was one part of it. The other part of it was uh, at the time that I thought of the show, I had approached Joe Shanahan at Metro in the fall of 2019 after just after the Beverly art walk and Joe came to Beverly and he saw uh, he saw what we did and he came to the music stage that I, I had arranged and at the, uh, the Givens castle on 103rd. And I gave him a call and I said, Hey, I've got this idea. I'd like to do something in memory of my mom. Can we do it at Metro? And he was like, absolutely. And so that got the ball rolling. Then 2020 happened and everything was just on hold. And part of the REM set was, I also wanted to to say thanks to Joe, given the history of REM and Metro. Mm-hmm. And, and by, time, that, by that, REM was the first band to play Metro. Yeah, yeah. So in 2020, I was just thinking, oh, you know, it's it's too bad it's not going to be the 40th anniversary, you know. And then we get to now 2022. So uh, yeah, a very a, a small small scheduling thing happened. Um, it, it wasn't, you know, uh, uh, anyone, uh, serious fault or anything, but, uh, unfortunately we, we weren't able to do the show at Metro anymore. So I was able to bring it to, to Blue Island. Joe was still very supportive and, and wanted to help in any way. And so I'm still planning on keeping certain songs in the set as a thank you to him, because if anything, if you told me back in 1995, 94, that, one day I'd be collaborating with the owner of Metro. I'd be like, 
what's what's Metro? Because I swear to God, James, I didn't even know that all ages shows existed until that's like 98 or something. And that's just because that's when I started going to shows more. Um, and, you know, I, I kicked myself knowing that I could have probably gone to see Oasis, you know, in 1994 or anyone else. And it's just like, you know, that that world hadn't opened up to me yet. We, we could have met a long time ago. We could have. We could have. At, at one of those shows. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so he's been super supportive. And I, I consider myself lucky to consider him a friend and, and, and someone who's got my back. So he's he's been great at uh, just giving advice. Um, I pitch him ideas about who I can possibly reach out to for this show and just kind of craft the show. Um, has my my big rock show that I've been wanting to do for you know the past five years since I've started booking shows. So so what is the REM component? Like there's an REM tribute set. Yeah, so uh, so I don't want to give the set away too much, but there'll be a little bit representative of that 95 era of that night. Mm. Um I've got I've got one song that I added um that kind of r- reminds me of uh my mom's sister who had passed away in uh I think 2017 just a, f- a few years earlier than my mom and she was uh uh she had moved to Kentucky and and started a family down there um but it's it's the one REM song that you know uh, I I got her son into REM at an early age because I was I was the dealer I was pushing the music and um this was the one REM song that that had um probably uh the most southern flavor to it that I remember her liking so I'm like okay I'll 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 put that in the set and that that'll be a good one uh so and- who who's in the span when you talk about playing the set that's is this all like top secret stuff? No, so I mean it's so it's on the poster, but uh, for the REM half of the set, uh, I've managed to put together um, uh, Gerald Dowd, uh, who's probably playing right now in on stage in space right now, and um, upset that I'm not there. So mm-hmm. he said James Van Alsdell screwed me again, again. <laughs> if I, and, if uh, I had a nickel, <laughs> so uh, I got Gerald on drums. Uh, and and Gerald's been great. Gerald's been, um, he's he's someone who's uh, an example of someone that uh, I've just I've been in the same place with over the years, but we just never quite uh, cross paths until uh, a mutual friend of ours passed away, and then it was just like, oh, it's it's you, and it's like, oh, it's me, and so he's been super. Uh, helpful uh, just from his experience from from doing fundraisers and things. Um, Jackie Shimo from Sunshine Boys will be sure. joining on bass. Uh, and then uh, I've asked uh, Rick Rizzo from 11th Dream Day to do some songs. Uh, Which, and- I mean, I, I realize what you said about Joe Shanahan. Who'd have ever thought you'd collaborate with Joe? The idea of collaborating with Rick Rizzo. I mean, for me, growing up as a kid in Chicago, hearing testify and in fact the entire beat album from 11th dream day back in the day that, that's like going to rock and roll fantasy camp in chicago yeah and 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 rick kind of uh came into my life through the benefit for scott mccoy um he was kind of a, a last edition i was looking for a singer and i was already in communication a lot with 
Mark Greenberg, who was kind of representing the the Wilco side of uh, of things that I was doing with them, and I just said, "What about Rick?" <laughs> so and so he's been great. It's it's been really cool. Uh, you know, I sent him a video of me playing uh, uh, an REM song on acoustic guitar, and just saying like, "Hey, does this sound right?" And <laughs> he was just like. Oh, I forgot that I'm playing on that one. Give me a second. And like two minutes later, he's like, Oh yeah, I've got this down. <laughs> so uh so Rick's in it. Amazing. Um, Amazing. Kurt Morrison from Tributosaurus will be part of it. Uh Kurt, uh, I met through Matt Spiegel and I eventually took some guitar lessons with with Kurt. Um when when Tributosaurus did a uh murmur show at Metro. Uh, I forget like 2015 or 2016. Um, I was always bugging Matt. I'm like, you know, I know these songs. Why, why didn't you ask me to be, I could have played that song. He's like, Oh, you got to talk to Kurt. So I eventually you know, connected with the Kurt and, and Kurt's been great and, and uh, uh, very supportive. Uh, who else we got? Um, uh, Steve Dawson and Diana Christensen will be part of it. My God. Uh, and uh that's gonna be that's gonna be the one acoustic number. Um and I have to give credit to Michael Shannon because the song that we're doing was picked by him. So one of the downsides of, of everything has been um you know, people's schedules just naturally changed and mm-hmm. and and with more show opportunities. You know, I'm un- totally understanding if if someone's getting a paid gig, yeah, go go for it. So, uh, I was able to connect with Michael Shannon through uh, Kelly Way at Metro, and turned out she knew my cousin through a uh, movie that my cousin had worked a horror movie called Chicago Rot that oh, yeah. my cousin worked on, and she was part of that in Small World again. So she connected me with him, and I just yeah, said, this hey. is this is all such a small world. I had Steve Dawson, I had Steve Dawson on the show a little while ago. I've had Michael Shannon mm-hmm. on the show. I, I'm going to record something with Brant McRae from uh, yeah Chicago Rots. Uh, I think next month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> small and, Chicago is the biggest small city in the world. What was what was great was like I I pitched some songs to Michael, and he came back to me with like B sides that I was not expecting and I got super excited. And so the one song we're doing is the B side that he had picked. And I was so excited about it. I'm like, you know, I totally understand you can't be part of it anymore, but we're going to keep the song in because it's been like, you would not expect to hear this particular song live. And okay. so Steve and Diane uh, uh, graciously were, were, were happy to step in and uh who else uh uh in podcast world uh justin gerber who is part of the halloweenies podcast with uh uh, uh, chicago's best bartender uh according to the chicago reader for 2021 (laughs) and that was a connection there and uh so i knew he was an rem fan so i said okay you you want to you want to be michael stipe for a night so let's wow let's do it and so yeah so there's there's a good group of people. Uh, Josh Cantor from the Red Sox, uh, the organist, will be coming in, oh, and he he's been awesome too. Like I, I am so appreciative for everyone, but uh, the fact that 
you know, he's traveling that far just for this show uh, means a lot. Um, but uh, for a bulk of everybody uh, who have kind of stuck it out for two years mm-hmm. of just like, hey, you know, and being really patient with me, like, hey, do we want to wait another year? Hey, do we want to wait another year till vaccines come out and stuff like that? And everyone was just like, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't lose too many people. Um, you know, some folks like, I can't argue when, when, you know, uh, Kelly Hogan tells me, you know, she's got to go on tour with Mavis Staples. I can't be mad at that. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, I've, uh, having been in my position and kind of seen the effect of the past two years, it's like, go do your gig. Like, don't, don't worry. I appreciate that. You know, you said yes. But if you got a gig, go get your gig and, uh, you know, we'll be thinking about you. But I, I've been from from everybody that I've approached, uh, I've been very humbled and I, I can't express um, just the thanks that that folks have just stepped up just to say yes. None of these people have ever met my mom. And but my mom probably at some point has heard their music in our house or has you know, heard me talk about them when I started, you know, interviewing people or coming home from shows. That was, that's probably one of the, um, one of the things I kind of miss. Um, if I could have something back, uh, she, she would get pretty, uh, bad insomnia from the, just the, the various medications that she was on. And sometimes she could, go to bed. Okay. And then just some nights, um, she'd get up and I'd be coming home from a show and she would be sitting in the dark in the kitchen at the kitchen table, just kind of trying to wait to get tired. And I got used to this. And so we, we just talk about the show that I just saw and I tell, you know, uh, yeah, they, they played this or I went there and, um, so-and-so has got a new album. Um, so if she wasn't at the dinner table, I might find her sitting on the floor because, uh, her, um, her balance can get off. And so in the middle of the night, she might be trying to go from her bedroom to the dinner table and she figured out a way I have to give her credit for this. She figured out a way how to put her back up against the wall and allow herself to slide down so not to collapse on the floor or against because because why she didn't want to wake up my dad <laughs> and so i'd get home and be like mom how long have you been sitting on the floor and her usual response was oh i'm just hanging out with the cat <laughs> and or she'd be like i need i knew you'd be home soon so i miss little stuff like that yeah yeah all right. So the REM set, the, the REM tribute, that sounds amazing. And it's truly a, an all-star cast for that. Also, there's another band playing at this event dedicated to benefit for the American Diabetes Association, Sonic 45. Yeah. Um, so I, I had to jog my memory about this. So I attended um, a talk, an, an interview talk that Mark Caro was doing at Space with Len Casper. I just and, had coffee. I, you know, I had coffee with Mark Caro two weeks ago. Yeah. Everyone you mentioned, like this is such a small <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. 
And so I thought, okay, I'll go check this out. And I was mostly going just because uh, if it's something with with Matt Spiegel or or Dog Julian, whom I've I've known for forever almost now, um, I, I like to try to go and just you know kind of show support. So I went, uh, not knowing much about uh, Len Casper himself or knowing that he even played bass and stuff. So uh, so there was a brief interview with with Len. And then the band came out and, and performed, and I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cool." And and I recognized Gerald, I recognized Liam. Uh, I think uh, Steve Frisbee might have been been there that night. Uh, so it was just like everyone that I've seen over the past fifteen years on stage with this baseball guy. That being a Sox fan, I'm not listening to at that time, but. I was like, this is cool. This is great. And so I, I actually uh, approached Dog after the show and I said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this thing for my mom and I'd love it if you guys were the house band, the band. And so uh, the next day I e- I, uh, I emailed Len, um, whom I, I'd had some contact with. I tried to get him involved in uh, the benefit uh, for Scott McCoy and uh, it was there was just a scheduling thing, but so we had kind of been in touch, and I told him about the show and my idea, and he was uh, very flattered and and talked to the rest of the band, and they were just like yes, and it was just like okay, then I guess we're going to do a show, and and he's been he's been great too, uh, obviously with with our schedules and just the way the past two two years have been, uh, I haven't been able to see him too often in person, but. Um, he's really excited. Uh, the whole band's excited about coming to the South side to do this. I'm pretty sure this will be, uh, the band's first South side appearance. Um, dog and, and Matt have been down here before. Um, but not the I, full I, band. I've, I've seen dog perform at blue Island beer company. We were there. I was there with that's, you that's right. <laughs> once again. Yeah. Uh, so that yeah, was my, so... that was my first show back post pandemic. That was my first live music. Oh, really? Performance. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so um, I, I'm uh, I'm I'm very very lucky with with all the, the musicians that have uh, agreed to be part of this. And uh, one thing I, sh- I should mention, so I picked this the title dedicated uh, off of uh, uh, Nicholas Tremulous' song um, for the longest time. Uh, any summer barbecue in past years my dad's bound to tell me the story about how he and my mom went to see Nicholas Tremulous in concert, probably in like 87 at the Riv and how they met Nick after the show. And he autographed a a beer coaster for my mom. So I thought, and I would, you know, uh, when, when Nick got COVID and then his son passed away, uh, I had the opportunity through the Beverly Area Arts Alliance. We we did some benefit shows for him uh, to raise some money for for the GoFundMe that was going on at that time. And so when the show came up, I was just like, I have to ask him. Like, you know, um, I, I there's there's no reason why I shouldn't. Like, I I have to mm-hmm. ask him. So uh, I told him the story, and uh, my dad still has the beer coaster. Mm-hmm. So I sent him a photo of the beer coaster. It was a Miller Lite beer coaster. And 
I said, you know, I just basically said it would, you know, it would really mean a lot if you can be part of this. And, and so um, Nick will perform uh, the song as sort of the, the, uh, the midway point between the Sonic 45 set and um, the REM set. And then I asked him, um, uh, I asked him uh, if he can sing on the finale of the show. Uh, so at my mom's funeral, uh, my, my dad, uh, is not one on speeches. You know, I, I was the English major and, and so, uh, but his, his language has always been music. And so at her funeral, he ended up reading, um, the song lyrics to maybe I'm amazed by McCartney. So I asked Nick, I said, Hey, you know, has a little tip to my dad and, and to my mom would you play maybe i'm amazed and i i got his phone number from susan voles from Poydog, and i called him and this was this was just before the pandemic and it turned out that he was at his classroom at columbia but i didn't i didn't know this until i said yeah i tell him the whole story i said could you do maybe i'm amazed on piano and he's like yeah yeah i think so uh give me a second and then i hear a pause i'm like what's going on and then in the background i start hearing him on a piano no playing maybe i'm and i'm like oh he's at school that's amazing (laughs) and so he did that and then he came back to the phone he's like oh yeah i could do it (laughs) so so that's going to be so That'll he worked the, the finale. Yeah. He, he workshopped it while you were on the phone with him. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So there's there's been a lot of um you know, uh, a lot of cool moments over the past two years as as I've tried to keep this together and uh I'm I'm super appreciative of of everyone that's kind of stuck with me through this. But it, it's a tremendous event. Again, it's happening December 10th at Blue Island Beer Company, uh which is we haven't even cracked cracked the beer we haven't even cracked <laughs> cracked the surface of how great blue island beer company isn't uh, their their menu of beers is fantastic and it, what a comfortable place to go And their live music space in the back is awesome yeah we'll, we'll be in the back room um and very thankful to them too because uh alan cromwell uh stepped up and the date just happened to be open still uh Perfect. when i needed to move the show and um you know, it, it was cool with Shanahan and uh, Alan was more than more than happy to to help out. And so they've been great. Um, you know, they're they're looking forward to it. Um, and, and I'm you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that we we fill the room up so they get some uh, get some beer flowing and, and you know, uh, and just have a nice night out on, on Old Western Avenue and then take the party down to uh, Rock Island Public House afterwards and 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 the night <laughs> play some bin play some pinball and be served by the best bartender in the city of chicago as voted by the readers of the and chicago who's also Reader. part of who's also part of the lineup he will be he will be playing some rem songs with me so oh, that's fantastic that is fantastic uh, so have you heard my story about how we met no so when when the pandemic hit uh me with with the alliance we're trying to figure out what programming we can still try to do so we come up with you know let's try to do these backyard shows 
And as I'm trying to like figure out how to do these, I keep hearing the name Mike Vanderbilt popping up and he starts showing up in my Twitter feed <laughs> and all this business about, you know, drive in at the Rock Island public house yeah. and all this other stuff and Vanderbilt this Vanderbilt that. And finally I was just like, who the hell is this Vanderbilt? So I go to his Twitter page and I see his photo and instantly I'm like, Oh my God, that's the guy who stood behind me at the guided by voices show in 2003 at the Abbey who wouldn't shut the hell up and was wearing sunglasses. No way. And that's that tracks that totally tracks. I've told this story and everyone's just like, yeah, that sounds like him. Yeah. So, uh, so a, a year ago or so, um, I, I finally like, okay, I finally have to go see a, a movie at, at this bar. Mm -hmm. I, and so I went to go see transformers, the movie. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then afterwards he was there and we're both masked and, uh, he sees me walk in and I've got a transformers t-shirt and he's like, Oh, did you enjoy the movie? I'm like, yeah, I did. And I, I got close to the bar. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. Hey, uh, I got a story for you. And I started to I'm like asking, like, did you by chance see Guided by Voices at the Abbey in 2003? And he kind of got quiet. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you, you stood behind me talking the whole time. And I never in my life wanted to destroy someone in <laughs> In person, I'm a pretty patient guy, so it takes a lot to really take me to that edge. And he closes his eyes, he puts his head down, and he looks he looks back up to me. He's like, I'm so sorry. Was it the Saturday or Sunday show? Oh, my God. I said, I would not have gone to a Sunday Guided by Voices show. He's like, okay, good. I was worse on Sunday. And there, but and according according to Mike, according to Mike, he just happened to know the lyrics better than me that night. That's why he was talking so much. Oh my god! And th that's how you how you met. And that's how that's how we met. So yeah. That's so amazing. again, small small world. This uh, music community, it, it really is. All right. So this benefit's happening again. It's on a Saturday night. We wouldn't go on a Sunday night, a Saturday night at Blue <laughs> Island Beer Company. Uh, the one thing we really haven't talked about, Chris, is diabetes. We haven't talked about, we talked about the health effects it had on your mom, but this is a fundraiser. I mean, you're, you're this is a benefit to help the American Diabetes Association. Talk a little bit, if you can, about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, uh, we were lucky in that uh, my my dad, my brother, and I could help out my mom as much as we could, as far as getting to her to like dialysis, getting to doctor's appointments, especially once uh, she wasn't able to drive. Uh, we're also lucky that we on the southeast side there's still a good portion of family living, so uh, they were able to step in, but. Um, just seeing, seeing firsthand, um, that world of going to a dialysis, you know, dialysis center. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, um, uh, it's not surprising that more and more you're seeing dialysis centers popping up 
in different neighborhoods. Uh, they've they've popped up a lot in in my neighborhood uh, since it's it's a big that and heart disease are are, are two big things in in the southeast side area. Um, whether or not that has anything to do with you know the the environment that we pretty much grew up in. You know, I I grew up in a steel mill neighborhood that was you know no longer a steel mill. Um, you know, so, um, so things like, you know, you know, making sure that, that, you know, folks have proper transportation options if needed, you know, and we tried to do that a few times. And unfortunately, sometimes, um, because my mom started to show, uh, signs of dementia, if, if her assigned driver showed up, she may or may not tell the driver, oh, my boys are going to come pick me up or yeah. my husband's coming. And then we're wondering why mom isn't home yet. <laughs> and it's like, oh, she's still there. So, you know, there are um, there are things that, that can get difficult uh, in terms of just getting access to to things like that. And and um, and also, you know, um, it's it's an interesting mini world in the lobby of a dialysis center when um when you're kind of one of the regulars and when you notice that another regular hasn't shown up and hasn't shown up for a couple of sessions you know you they all start talking and yeah and you know there's you know i i'd hear stories from my mom about like you know well you know so you know so and so over there supposedly got a new kidney and it didn't work out or whatever and so you know it 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 became like a little support group in kind of a way you know she was sure. you know uh she was 64 when she passed and so she she had uh you know dialysis or uh, diabetes really started kicking over, over the past um uh, 15 years or so so she was kind of around people who were older than her and she just didn't see herself like being part of that group but then she was and um and just you know uh the reason you know we thought about the the ada simply just because you know um there there is still research going on um i am diabetic uh, I'm in a, in a slightly uh, better place than than my mom. So uh, my mom had what was called uh, gestational diabetes when my brother was born in 1985, but then that cleared away. Uh, but then, uh, you know, I, I don't think she really thought much of it after that, but it eventually came back. And when she had a stroke in 2004, uh, on Thanksgiving, uh, that's when we started finding out that, um, you know, it had gotten a, a more aggressive than in the past 10 years or something. So, um, so I've, you know, I've been better about taking care of myself in, in certain years. And I just, you know, consistency, it's, it's not easy trying to, uh, uh, change habits and sure. so i'm stubborn about that sometimes and I, I get that from my mom i admit that um but uh when i told her about it uh, uh that i had found out 
um she was just like you'll be fine <laughs> and and it's just like by this you know she, she might have uh just had one amputation already and um so you know i'm trying and but i've seen how uh the damages of the disease um are they they it does eat you away um you know uh i i was i was there uh with my mom for her what turned out to be her first amputation uh standing next to her when the doctor asked her um can you please straighten your leg and that was the moment where like if she can she gets to mm -hmm. save the leg and if she can't what happens is the doctor pulls out a sharpie and starts drawing lines of where it's going to happen and oh my god i i was standing there just like and i was just begging her i'm like mom please please straight yeah. show them show them that you can straighten your legs show them show them but she just couldn't and so uh um she never complained for everything that she went through she never said why me um you know uh she i'm sure she went through different phases of of depression about it mm -hmm. um but um at the end of the day she was still mom and and that that person was still in there even though that you know they were physically she was just physically getting beat up uh you, you know what started as like you know uh you know this year i'm not going to go to you know this year i'm not going to you know, be staying at the hospital for half a month. And then the next year would be like, well, this year I'm going to try not to be in the hospital for two months and, you know, um, stuff like that. So, um, you know, there, there is some, uh, you know, uh, people can educate themselves more a little bit on um, kidney donors and, and that's something in, in my neighborhood that I think um, within the, the Mexican community, uh, sometimes uh, there's just not a full understanding of it. And there's a little bit of fear to it because what if something goes wrong or, you know, right. there, there's that in the back of your mind. But, um, you know, the, the ADA's, uh, you know, supporting good research. Uh, and they're, and especially the ADA in Illinois is, uh, you know, putting those funds to, you know, try to improve, uh, treatment. Um, you know, I'm probably the, the beneficiary of 10 years of worth of research and I'm probably taking, uh, medication that's probably better for me than, than what my mom was probably taking sure. 10 years ago. So, um, so, you know, and and I know my wife is going to see this and she's going to use this video whenever I reach for like a donut or something. So, um, so I am trying, it, it is, I, it is difficult. Uh, I've, I have, uh, uh, a history of this in my family. I have an uncle who, who is, uh, an amputee. Uh, my wife's uncle is, um, actually the, the beneficiary of a kidney transplant. Oh, wow. And, life has been good for him. And uh, I have another uncle who's had some amputation. So, you know, between that and, and heart disease, you know, and uh, uh, the, the one thing I, I wish I had more of is probably my dad's arthritis at this point, you know, 
I'd rather just be dealing with that. Right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, uh, the, the ADA has been, been uh, w- when I approached them about this, uh, th- they were very supportive. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I, I can't, you know, dish out too many facts. I can kind of just give uh, what my personal experience has been as, as far as watching mm-hmm. uh, the disease over a couple of years. And, um, you know, just, you know, I, maybe one of one dollar raised from this might do something for research. I don't know. But if if uh, we can help, you know, provide assistance to a family who needs to get a family member to dialysis or, mm-hmm. um, you know, have a proper home, you know, home care or something like that, um, you know, I'll, I'll try to do whatever I can. So that's it. That's the bottom line. All right, Chris, again. Benefit for the American Diabetes Association. It is called Dedicated for all the reasons you spelled out. Uh, If you're a fan of supporting a a good cause, if you're a fan of beer, if you're a fan of REM, a fan of live music, a fan of Chris Castaneda, uh, a fan of just supporting family and what family's influence can be and and mean, uh, this is the event. And it's happening on December 10th. And I, I really appreciate you kind of giving all the backstory, uh, talking about your mom so openly and, and uh, caringly. This is fascinating. Thank you for doing this. No, th- and I appreciate it. And, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, like I said, it's, it's funny who you run into, uh, through this community. And I, I sent you a little something and, uh, who knew, who knew 19 years later, we'd be here talking, um, you're, you're looking confused, but I, I was able to find the, oh, the Polio article. Here. Get out of here. Yeah. May 30th, 2003. I, I don't even remember doing this. <laughs> I don't. It, oh, my God. So it's me, Chris Payne, and Richard Milne. Oh, you 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 wrote the article. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So I don't remember I've, this. I've got you somewhere on a cassette tape. That's I crazy. I, I don't think it's blackmail worthy, but. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. Oh, and it's blurry. I can't even read it. Yeah. Even <laughs> even better <laughs> wow Co- right. cover up my college writing years yeah oh my god well thank you chris no thank you james i appreciate it